Thank you so much. What a blessing. Well, I'm glad I got saved. I got saved when I was 16 years old, and God saved me and changed my life. I'd never been off into deep sin. Like, you know, you hear people talk about uh, being in jail or doing drugs or, you know, alcohol or all that, uh, living with five or six people. I'd never been off into that kind of sin, but I promise you this. If I'd have died without the Lord, I'd been in just as much trouble with God as all of that other crowd would have been. And I'm so glad God saved me and God changed my life. And uh, God just uh, did a work in my heart. And I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I sure am glad I'm saved. Thank God for that. Wonderful. Thank you so much for singing for us tonight. What a blessing. All right, let's take our Bibles tonight, please, if you will, and open them to the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter 16. And I want to read a verse here in just a little bit, and this is just one of them kind of a shotgun messages where you read a verse and maybe not preach on it, but preach from it. So I'm just going to preach from it tonight. And uh, so if you'll join me, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, I'm in page number 1229, if you have an old Schofield Bible. And just one verse, I'm more or less reading this verse, maybe to prove a point, and then just uh, maybe just jump off into some other stuff from this verse. And uh, so uh, if you'll join me there in just a minute and listen to me, listen closely tonight uh, to, uh, to uh, the, the Word of God. And then could I invite you to be back with us again on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock for our Wednesday night prayer meeting. I've been preaching through 2 Timothy now since I guess... 2012, and uh, so I'm looking forward, and I'm kidding about that, but I, I'm looking forward to uh, preaching again from 2 Timothy. We're in chapter 4, and I want to preach a little bit about that. The Lord's already given me some thoughts regarding that in our service for this Wednesday night. And then I want to just encourage you, please, please pray for us. We're uh, seeking wisdom now as we get nearer to the end of this thing, hopefully. And by the way, I just thank God that it hasn't been as bad as we originally thought it was going to be. You know, when this, th this thing broke, you know, our government was talking about two hundred and fifty to 300,000 people that were going to die from it. And I know, listen, if it's one, that's terrible. I agree with that. But, you know, I think we're only up to about 53,000, 54,000. And I know if one of those is your loved ones, it's been horrible. And I get that. And it has. I wish nobody had to die, but it hadn't been as bad as maybe they thought it was going to be, and you can get mad at me about what I'm about to say if you want to, and that's fine. You can cut me off. You'll never have to turn me back on again, but I think a little bit of that, first of all, the glory goes to God for his good grace and goodness, but I thank God that we've had a president that's kind of took some steps and done some things to kind of get us a little bit down the road from this, and you can criticize him all you want to, and that's fine with me. That's your privilege, but I try to pray for him, and I'm just glad we got some good leadership right now, and uh, I know he might say some stuff's off the wall once in a while, but who don't? Amen. Listen to me preach sometime. I'll get Jonah and Ark, Noah and the whale. I mean, I'll be all over the place. And uh, so uh, everybody says stuff that's off the wall sometimes, and uh, we all do, don't we? We all do, I think. And uh, so um, it's okay. I love him. I'm praying for him. I hope he's saved. If he's not, I'm praying he'll get saved. And uh, so anyway, pray for us here as we move forward in these days. Well, let's pray and we'll jump into this. Father, bless your word tonight, I pray, and help me for just a few minutes as I try to maybe just set the stage a little bit uh, going forward about church, home, home at church, and so forth. Just bless your word, I pray tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't expect you to remember this, but uh, about two years ago, here on a Sunday night, I preached a message that I entitled, Could We Have Church 
at your house. And you may remember that, you may not, and it don't even matter if you don't. But in that message, what I tried to do two years ago was just encourage us a little bit to have church at home before we ever come to church, church here, have a little bit of church at home. In fact, I made a statement during that message that went something like this. Uh, the reason that we have so little church at church is because we have so little church at home. And so I tried to preach that night on just the thought of having church at home. Well, tonight I want to preach a similar but different. So tonight I want to preach on this thought right here. I want to preach on how to have church at, at your house. How to have church at home. You know, one of the things that I think we understand that as we read the New Testament, in the earlier days of the church, I'm talking about just after the day of Pentecost, you know, the church actually started out there in the temple in the city of Jerusalem. But it wasn't long until the people in the temple became very hostile and antagonistic toward Christianity, toward Jesus, the name of Jesus. In fact, Peter and John in Acts chapter 4 were called in on the carpet before the Sanhedrin, the, the, uh, the, the deacon board of the church of that day. And they called them in and said, look, man, we don't want to hear anything else about this Jesus. And it wasn't long until the church had to leave the temple and they didn't go out and rent a storefront building and put, you know, Maranatha Baptist Church on it or whatever. They had to, you know, for the most part, had to start meeting in people's homes. I mean, they met in people's houses. That's the reason that I want to read this verse tonight in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And if you will, look at verse number 19. And here's what the Bible said. The churches of Asia salute you. And then he says this, Aquila and Priscilla salutes you much in the Lord. Now let me stop and say that Paul is writing to the church of Corinth. And he's writing there and he says, Hey, I just want to tell you that Aquila and his wife Priscilla, and by the way, these were very close companions of the Apostle Paul. They met there in the city of Corinth. Back in Acts chapter 18, they met there and, man, they kind of just hit it off. They, uh, Aquila and Paul were both tent makers and so they, man, they had the same trade, the same occupation. But greatest of all, they had the same testimony. You know, the Lord, he's common ground for God's people. You can go off 500 miles from home, but if you meet somebody who knows the Lord, I mean, it's just like, man, hey, we're, we're good buddies here. Uh, he's a common ground. He's the common denominator for fellowship with God's people. And so, man, they fell in together, and then, of course, they helped Paul there in the city of Corinth. But now we read this. Paul said, hey, Aquila and his wife Priscilla said to tell y'all hello. And then notice this last phrase of verse 19, with the church that is in their house. Now evidently Aquila and his wife Priscilla had left Paul in the city of Corinth and they went somewhere and they had started a church there in their house. You know, the truth of the matter is uh, they loved the Lord so much that they opened the doors of their home and they started a church in their house. And then we read this a little bit later in the Bible over in the book of Colossians we read about another man that started church in his house. The Bible said, uh, salute the brethren which are in Laodicea. Now, Laodicea, we're familiar with that because that's the church of the last days. Of those seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3, we understand that the characteristics of the Laodicean church age are going to be the characteristics of the church 
right before the coming of Christ. That church that cold and indifferent has need of nothing, shut the Lord on the outside. And you'll have to agree with me when I say by and large, that's the, the average church of our day has got Jesus completely programmed out of its service, out of its activities, the Lord standing on the outside trying to get back into the church, the very church that he died for. What a shame, what a tragedy. Amen. Well, the Bible said over in this verse here that the, the brethren, which are over in, in Laodicea and Nymphus. Now, I don't know much about old Nymphus. About the only thing, it's the only time he's mentioned in the Bible. About the only thing we know is what his name means. His name means spouse. All I know is he's probably got a wife. I'd hate to have a name that meant spouse and not have a wife to go along with it. But we do understand that the one thing we do know about him is this, that he loved the Lord. And the Bible said he had started a church there in his house. So Aquila and Priscilla had home church. Nymphus had home church. But then we read about this. Over in the book of Philemon, chapter 1, only has one chapter, we read this. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our beloved, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved, and fellow laborer. Now Philemon, boy, we, are, we, we know that guy. The, guy, the, the, the next verse says this. It says, and our beloved Aphia, that's his wife. Now Philemon, his name means affection. Aphia, her name means fruitful. So when affection and fruitful get together, guess what happens? They're going to have a child. So the Bible said they got a boy. His name is Archippus. And the Word of God said he's a fellow soldier. And to the church... In thy house. So, in other words, Philemon evidently loved the Lord so much that he started church in his house. You know, as I say again, back in New Testament times, churches for the most part started in people's houses. By the way, we see that some in our day when missionaries go to foreign fields. A lot of them, some of them start in a storefront building somewhere or they rent a place somewhere to have church. But most of the missionaries that go to the foreign fields, what they do is to start their church, they open up their homes. We have a couple of missionaries, Brother Rod and Masura Smith. They're over in the country of Cambodia. And now they've rented a building. By the way, pray for their daughter. They had a little daughter that was born. She has a like a deformity with her left ear and we need to pray about that and pray for that family but they started when they first went to Cambodia they started a church there and they started that church in the living room of their house now I think they moved into a building now but that was the way that church started now think back again because I made this statement in that message a couple of years ago and here's what I said somebody once said that the church started in the house and before it's over, it'll probably go back to the house. And man, I didn't realize what a prophet I was. I mean, I'm not even the son of a plumber's son. I mean, but I, excuse me, I prophesied two years ago that the church may have started in the house and the church may wind up in the house. Well, you and I know because of this coronavirus, We've been forced now for the last month and a half or so to have church in our houses. Hey, who would have believed this? Who would have ever thought that I would have to stand here in an almost empty church building tonight trying to preach the Word of God and hundreds or maybe even thousands at home would be watching on a computer screen in their home or else listening to a radio. We would have never, ever thought that would have happened in America. And yet... The unthinkable has happened. 
We're having now, most of us are having to have church in our homes. By the way, I'm not sure how all this is going to come out when it eventually, when it eventually all winds up. I'm not sure how it's going to come out. And I want you to understand what I'm about to say is not sour grapes at all. But i got to tell you something. I think that through this whole process, the church has been treated unfairly by our government, by those who are in places of, of, of authority. I mean that. I, I mean, when we had our drive-in Easter service on Sunday a, a few weeks ago, I was afraid right up to the day of the service, I was afraid that our mayor was going to step in here in Forsyth County in Winston-Salem and say, okay, now, if you're going to have a service, a drive-in service, you're going to have to leave a, a, an empty parking space between every car. And if, they, if they'd have made that rule, we wouldn't have even been able to have drive-in Easter service. Now, here's what bothers me about that. You go to Lowe's down here, Lowe's Hardware, they ain't putting a space between every car. And I have an amen now. Don't get quiet. When you go to Walmart over here, they're not putting a space between every car. But over in Guilford County, by the way, I'm glad our mayor didn't do that, but over in Guilford County, he, he made a, an, an ordinance that you had to leave a space between every car in the church. I'm telling you, friend, I think the church has been treated unfairly through this whole process. I don't know how much longer we may have to have church like we're having it right now. I don't understand. I don't know how long that's going to be. But I'm not asking you, can we have church at your house? But I'm preaching tonight on how to have church at your house. How do you do this at home? I mean, it's tough, isn't it? How do you, how do you get the family together? How do you, how do you, I, we're trying to, in, in the church here, trying to make things as normal as we possibly can by inviting singers in and singing, having congregational music and the essential crowd that's here with us. We're trying to keep it as normal as we can. But how do you make church normal at your house? How do you have church in your home? Well, here's what I want to do tonight. I've wrote down four things you need to do if you're going to have church in your home. First of all, number one, I put this down, we're going to have to deal with the matter of distractions. We're going to have to deal with the matter of distractions. You know, one of the things that ordinarily goes on here in our services is that there's a lot of distractions that go on here at church. People walking, walking around, people moving around here at church, people talking, playing with babies, people on their telephones, you know, playing games or texting somebody over here, texting over there, somebody over there texting somebody over here. I'm telling you, man, it, there's a lot of distractions when you're inside of the church. You know, sometimes it, it really it bothers me sometimes when people are moving in and out of the church uh, as they do here, going in and out the doors, walking around. I mean, good night when church starts, get you a seat, and if you, if, you, if you can, if you don't have to have a bathroom break, man, sit there till service is over. Dead men, preacher. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot of distractions that go on. Sometimes when I get in the car, I look at my wife and I just say, boy, was there a lot of moving around in there this morning or was it just me? Sometimes my mind gets distracted a little bit. But can I tell you this? The devil wants to distract us. He really does. Remember the parable one time that Jesus told about the man who went out and sowed seed? And as he sowed that seed, the Bible said, before that seed could germinate, before that seed could take root and spring up, that the fowls of the air came down and devoured that seed. Can I say tonight, the devil knows something about the Word of God. The devil knows there is power 
in the Word of God. He knows that there's power in the Word of God to produce eternal life in the heart of a sinner. There's power in the Word of God to change a person's life for time and for eternity. He knows that. So what does he try to do? As I'm up here tonight with my bag and I'm sowing seed, you know what the devil's trying to do? He's trying to pick it up. He's trying to distract it. He's trying to devour it before it can have the chance, the opportunity to germinate and bring forth fruit in our lives. And to do that, what he does is he uses distractions. Now, I'll tell you something. We all know what it's like to be distracted, how distracted that we can become here at church. Sometimes, I got to tell you, I, I get a little bit mad at all that goes on in here. And that crowd that's walking up and down the hallways and sitting over here in the cafeteria and sitting out front in the vestibule. Y'all ain't here tonight, so bless God, I'm going to preach to you just a little bit. But I tell you, when church is going on, hey, the place, hey, we're not having church in the cafeteria. Hey, 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 look up here. We're not having church out there in the vestibule. Hey, we're not having church in the hallways. Right in here is where you ought to be when we're having church. Find you a seat, bless your heart, get settled down, pray for the services, receive the word of God, pray for lost people, and don't be a distraction here at church. You know, to me, the most important time of any service is the invitation time. And it bothers me when I say, all right, let's bow our heads for prayer now. And people start grabbing their young'uns and their coats in the wintertime. And, man, they're heading for the door, heading for the exit. I'm telling you, if I was a lost man, I'd be wondering what in the world. Where are they going? What's happened? Uh, I'm telling you, church is a place of distractions. Going to tell you that? You know something, the truth of the matter is it's easy to get distracted here at church. But now watch this. Take what I've just said times it by ten thousands, inject some steroids in it, and that's how easy it is to be distracted while you're trying to watch at home. I can just imagine, I haven't had to do what you are having to do tonight, watch on computer or listen by the way of radio, but I can just imagine how easy it is to get distracted while trying to have church right there at home. You, the dog needs out, or else the dog's chewing the couch up. The cat's meowing. The children start to get antsy. The telephone rings. The TV's on. And don't even get me started on all those electronic devices. Video games, texting, browsing, emails, text messages coming in, surfing or shopping on the Internet. By the way, that all goes on here at church. Can you just imagine how much it must go on at home? But I'm telling you, it's got to be easy to get distracted while you're trying to have church at home. And then here comes the devil. The preacher's up here preaching away, trying to sow the seed of God's word in your heart to help you. And here comes the devil along, gets you distracted. He starts picking that seed up. Before it can have fruit and germinate in your life, maybe the message that you need to hear that's going to help you this week, keep your home together, help you to make good choices, not mess your life up. And here comes the devil along, gets you somewhere distracted in all of that and steals that seed out of your heart before it can help you. Listen, if we're going to have to have church at home for a while, and I don't know, I don't know how much longer we got to do this, but I tell you, we better minimize those distractions. Here's what I'd do if I was having to sit at home and watch church. First of all, I'd cut the TV off. Amen. Now, I know some of you say, well, I'm watching it on TV. you got a way to put your computer on TV. Well, don't cut it off then. But if you're trying to watch Green Acres and, and have church at the same time, you need to cut your TV off and then turn the cell phone off. I mean, just cut it off for a while. Put the dog out in the backyard. Put the cat out in the street so it can get run over. 
and focus on the Word of God. Don't get distracted. Hey, listen, if this is all we got till we can do better, we better make the most out of what we got right now and do not get distracted. Can I tell you this? If you're trying, I mean, it's kind of like this. You're trying to watch the service but listen to TV. Or you're trying to watch the service and talk on the telephone. Or you're trying to watch the service and, and browse through your phone and shop on Amazon.com and get you some toilet paper and some hand sanitizer. Look, friend, you're distracted. I'm telling you, Jesus deserves our all. He deserves our attention when we come to the house of God. Let me tell you something. You get distracted while church is going on, you're doing exactly what the devil wants you to do. We've got to deal with the matter of distractions. You don't have to even say it, I will. Amen, preacher, amen. The matter of distractions. Thought secondly, if we're going to have church at home, how do you do it? Deal with distractions. Number two, there's going to take not only some distractions, there's going to take some dedication to have church at home. Let me tell you something, I, and of course you know this by now. We're a month and a half into this, but I want to tell you something. By the help and the grace of God, do we can do better. We're going to keep having services. I hope we got better days ahead when we can start meeting together in the parking lot, or we're going to talk about all that. But you know something? I just want you to know we're going to have church right on. If I get sick, we got Brother Mark here. Brother Mark gets sick, my wife's here. I mean, we're going to have some preaching around here. So I'm kidding. I'm only kidding about that. But I'm just trying to say, man, we're going to have service here. We are going to keep on at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, at uh, 5.30 on Sunday afternoon, at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night, unless something terrible happens and we all get sick by the help and the grace of God, we are going to be here. Now, I've got a question. We're going to be here, but my question for you is this. Are you going to be there? I mean, it's going to take some dedication. It's going to be very easy right now. It's going to become very easy right now just to let church go on by. I know it. I know it's happening. I know it's happening. I know some people right now that, man, they're just, man, I ain't watching it on no computer. I'm not going to listen to it on, on no radio. And I'm just here to tell you that if we're going to stay close to God right now, it's going to take a concerted effort on our part. It's going to take some dedication on our part to stay engaged, to stay involved in what's going on at the house of God. You remember when we first started this, I don't know how long ago it's been, but when we first started this, I told you about a man by the name of Ron Manuel. Ron Manuel. He was Barack Obama's chief of staff for a while, so you know he's a scoundrel if he was connected with that guy. But, you know, he made a statement one time, and it goes something like this, never let a serious crisis go to waste. Now, i got to tell you something, and I preached on that. Don't let a serious crisis go to waste. Well, I've got to tell you something. Man, we're in a crisis right now. We are in a crisis. Can I tell you something? I've never been through anything. I'm 57 years old. I know I don't look it. I look 77, but I'll tell you this. I've never seen anything like this. Walk in the grocery store, and, man, there's nothing on the shelves hardly, and, and uh, man, things are, the prices are going up of everything. I've never seen a crisis like this before. Can I ask you something? Have you let this crisis go to waste? I mean, listen, ha have you just been kind of since this started just drifting along in your spiritual life? Have you just kind of slipped your spiritual life into autopilot? Have you just kind of put it up into neutral and just started coasting along right now? 
I'm telling you, if we got to have church at home like we're having to do right now, not only do we need to guard that matter of being distracted, but I will tell you something, man, we got to be dedicated if we're going to have church at home right now. Hear me. Hear me well. Now's not the time to backslide. Boy, now's an easy time to backslide. Nobody's fussing at you all the time. You're not having to come sit through an hour in Sunday school and an hour of preaching three times a week and people getting on you and telling you to read your Bible and pray and stay close to God. That's not going on right now. Now would be an easy time to give in, to give up, and to give out. Now would be an easy time just to let up just a little bit. But I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if there's ever been a time before that we needed the church, we need it now. And if you're going to have it, you're going to have to be dedicated to it. Amen. Well, the devil says, here's what I do. Man, don't worry about it tonight. They always film those things or whatever they do. I don't tape them, film them, record them, whatever. And you can go back and watch it later. And so here's what I'd do if I was you tonight. Now, you know you want to watch that. You want, you want to watch that uh, 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 HGTV right now. There's a program coming on, and it's good. So what I'd do if I was you, I'd just, I'd, just, I'd just let that go, let the church go, and I'd watch the program. You can go back and watch the service later. Guess what? You never go back and watch the service later. See, the devil has just lied us. I'm telling you, I know you got a lot going on right now. I got paint. I've been telling my wife for weeks, I got a paint, I got a paint, I got a, and the devil says, hey, here's what I'd do if I was you. I'd just paint right now, and you don't have to watch church. You could just go back and, and, and watch it later on. Just, just let it go by right now. But I'm telling you, if you're going to have church right now, there's going to have to be a dealing with some of those distractions. There's going to have to be some dedication on our part. You know, right now, we need to be dedicated more to praying right now than we've ever been before. Don't you just, don't just let it go by. Hey, if there's ever been a time we need to be reading our Bibles, it is right now. If there's ever been a time we needed church, it is right now. Can I tell you this? If there's ever been a time your church needed you to give, it's right now. Can I tell you something, bless your heart? Our, our offerings have plummeted here. Now, what I'm hoping is on that first Sunday back, we're going to have a $6 trillion offering here. When everybody starts bringing their money in at one time, but I know we put them trash cans out there a couple of weeks ago when we all were here, and we didn't get everybody's offering that day. And I'm not fussing at you. I'm just telling you, church needs you right now. It really does. We ought to be dedicated like never before if we're going to have church at our house. Hey, can I stop and say this? I mean, when, when, you're, when church is on, have church at your house. In other words, when Brother Brian gets up here and says, hey, let's everybody stand tonight and we're going to sing, love lifted me. You ought to get every one of your youngins up, you and your wife stand up, and to the top of your lungs right there in your home sing, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peace, and just sing to the top of your lungs. You say, well, preacher, you don't understand. I don't sing that good. Can I tell you something? God's not some kind of heavenly talent scout up there looking for who can sing and who not can sing. God's just wanting us to participate and do our best for Jesus. And if we can't do it here, we ought to do it at home. Man, when we sing, you ought to sing. Hey, when we pray, you ought to pray. When the preacher preaches and, and uh, says something you agree with, you ought to say amen right there at home. I'm telling you, man, we ought to praise God while they sing. Man, uh, if God speaks to your heart, wave your hand a little bit. If he tells you to get up, run around the lazy boy a little bit. Have church at your house. You're going to have to get involved. Can I tell you something? Don't you sit there in your pajamas. And eat your cereal and your Pop-Tart on Sunday morning. 
and slip into that mode of this is the way church is now. Hey, I'll tell you what I would do if I was able to. I'd get up and get dressed like I was coming to church. I really would. I'd put my suit on and my tie on, and, man, I'd just get dressed like I was heading to the house of God. Just, you know why? Because it's the Lord's day. You know why? Because it's the Lord's day. You know why? Because we have in church. I'd get dressed, and, man, I'd just act like it was church time. I'd be dedicated. I'd sing. I'd pray. I'd shout. I'd say amen. And when the altar call come, I'd get down by the lazy boy and make an altar out of it. That's dedication, man. And if we're going to have church at our house, if this is all we got right now, hey, let's deal with distractions and let's be dedicated to the services of the house of God. I double-dog dare you to show back up on Wednesday night. Yes, sir, I can see you in there. I'm looking at you right there. You get your pajamas off, you lazy dog, you. Y'all, man, we ought to be dedicated to the house of God. Then number three, let me say this. Not only the matter of distractions and the matter of dedication, but if we're going to have to have church right now at our, our house, let's do this. What about discussion? And what I mean by that is gather your whole... Don't let your children be off in one room watching it because, bless their heart, I was a child once. I know you got good children, but can I tell you something? They ain't going to watch it. You need to get your whole family together in your living room. You need to get your whole family together, wherever it is that you're watching church, get them all together. You know, we're hearing stuff like this right now, better together. Hashtag, what is it? Hashtag stronger together. Man, we're hearing about all that right now. They're telling us, hey, we better stick together. Why don't you gather all your family together in one room, children and all, and just sit there and just watch church while it's on the air. Yes, sir. And, and then here's what I do after it's over. I'd get all of them together, and I'd discuss, you know, just to be sure. Hey, what the preacher preach about tonight? Hey, what'd they sing? Get, name me one of the songs that they sang at church tonight. You know, you say, preacher, I don't get all that. You know, I'm just trying to say, get everybody involved in what's going on. Hey, you know what? You could actually use these church services to start a family devotion right there in your home. For not, in other words, what I'm trying to say is after church goes off tonight, won't you sit your family down and say, okay, uh, here, here, here's a dollar bill. Whoever can tell me what the preacher preached on tonight. You could make this a fun time for your children right now at home. I mean, man, you could make it a little bit exciting. You could get, hey, get your, get your notebooks out. Come in here and write down the points of the preacher's talking about. And everybody that writes down the points of the preacher gets a, a, an ice cream comb, chocolate, cookie dough, Bless God, caramel hard topping on top of it with raisins and Captain Crunch cereal. I'm telling you, we're going to have a feast around here after church is over tonight and make it a time of a family altar. Hey, what did he preach about tonight? Hey, what did they sing about tonight? Let me ask you, do you all have any questions about what he said? Hey, do you, uh, is there anything, maybe he said something you didn't miss, maybe you misunderstood tonight. Could you, could you kind of just ask me any questions? Let's see if I can clarify maybe something you missed. I'm just telling you, man, right now would be a good time to have discussion right there in your home. Make it a spiritual time. Amen. Make it, make it a time where you could fellowship together with your family. Teach your family the Word of God. So the matter of discussion, and then I'm done. This is going so good. So let me just throw one more at you. And that's this. So we talked about distractions. We talked about dedication, devotion. We talked about uh, discussion. But what about this? Let's talk about decisions for just a minute. Now, what about, you know, when God speaks to your heart? And there you are at home, and you're sitting there in home, and 
And you know something? You can't come to the altar right now, and I get it. I wish you could. I miss those services, those days when people just got up and started coming to the altar. I think every one of us, when we come back, first thing we all do is just, just get up here and kiss this altar and just spend some time on the altar because we've been away from it so long. I don't know how people go service after service and never have to come to the altar, and I hope I never have to find that out. But I'll tell you what, you know, there are going to be times that maybe God's going to speak to your heart as you watch church online or whatever. And you know what you ought to do? Man, don't let it go by. Don't just say, well, I can't get to the altar right now. I'll just let it go by. And I'll tell you what I'll do. Whenever we go back, I'm going to remember this, and I'll go ahead and get to the altar when we get back. No, why don't you make you an altar right now? Why don't you just right now make you an altar there at your home? I have in these days. I've made me an altar at home, and Man, I get around that altar and try to pray. And boy, I don't want the devil to hear me saying all this. But boy, I tell you what, I try to meet with God at my altar. And maybe right now is the time when God speaks to your heart. And maybe you got something going on in your life right now. It shouldn't be going on. Don't let it go by. Man, deal with it. Get it out of the way. Get on the altar. Make you an altar somewhere. Get in the back bedroom somewhere. Whatever. Go outside on the patio and get turn one of them chairs around. Make an altar out of it and just pray and confess and get right with God. I tell you, I hope these days, I hope these days will not let these days just go by, just blow on by in our life and just idle along. Boy, if there's ever been a day when you and I got to stay close to God, it's in these days that we're living in right now. So I'm just trying to say, you know, if this is all we got... We need to do our best to have church at home, to create an atmosphere like church, to create an environment like church, to set aside everything that would distract us from church. Hey, to dedicate ourselves to show up three times a week uh, as, we, as we have church together. Hey, to get involved in what's going on. Make it, make it church-like in your home. By the way, they had church in their home, and until we can do better... This is going to be having church in our home. So let's do our best at home to worship God. Who knows? We might get to liking it so good that when church opens back up, you, you thought I was going to say you'd stay at home. No. Here's what I'm going to say. When you get back over here, it's just going to be so real and so good and so wonderful. You're just going to drag a little bit of church from your house over to the church house. And man, we're going to have a time when we get back together again. I'm looking forward to that. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father.